From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Dr. Shelton Smith with Making a Difference. And on this Wednesday, June 30th, we're delighted to welcome you to our broadcast and trust that our time together, focused upon the Word of God, will be a help and a blessing to you. It's our great joy to be on this station at this time, five days a week, Monday through Friday, every week, and I trust that you're going to make it a habit to join us as often as you can. Now, in just a moment, we'll get into our study, and let me just remind you that at the midweek, it's a good time to find your way to the house of God, be in the midweek week service. Most churches that are doing what they should be doing, we think, ought to have a midweek service. Wednesday nights, most of the time, is when you'll find them doing it. Some churches have it on Thursday night, but I think you'll find it well worth your time for you and your family to be in the midweek service at your church. So let's plan on doing that tonight. Now, I want to remind you as well that July 19 through 22. I mean, we're talking just 19 days away now. We are going to be at the National Sword of the Lord Conference right here in Murfreesboro at the Sword of the Lord International Headquarters Auditorium. In-person seating is by reservation. You may call 615-893-6700 and get a free reservation, but that will ensure that you have a seat when you come. Otherwise, you may want to think about watching the live stream. We will be live streaming worldwide and trust that you'll join us one way or the other. July 19 through 22, the National Sword of the Lord Conference. Now, if you've been listening to the broadcast, you know that for several days now, we've been looking at Romans chapter 1. We dealt with what we called God's major themes that are presented in that chapter, nine of them that literally tell us some of the things that are really, really major with the Lord, and made the point that those major things ought to be major with us. At the same time that those major themes were being presented and explained in Romans chapter 1, we also discovered that the Lord allowed the Apostle Paul to tuck in his own testimony along with those themes. Now, yesterday we looked at the first few pieces of that testimony. Actually, I think there are about 11 different items here in this chapter that really state the testimony of the Apostle Paul. Yesterday, we noted that he said, I'm a servant of God. Also in verse 1, he said, I'm separated under the gospel of God. That's a part of his testimony. And then the third thing, he said, I have received grace. Now, don't ever forget where you were before you got saved. Don't ever forget who you are now because God has been so good to you and provided his salvation because of his grace, his goodness to you. And remember how we got here. How did we get to be Christians? We got to be Christians because God in his goodness showed his favor to us and made salvation possible. Grace also teaches us and uh, nurtures us in the things that we ought to be doing. Titus chapter 2 and verse 12 talks about the grace of God in verse 11. Then verse 12 says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So all of that because of the grace of God. Now, today we're going to look at point number four in Paul's testimony, where he says in verse number eight that he is very thankful. Let's look at the verse. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Now, he was pretty excited because the Christians in the city of Rome 
were making enough reputation for themselves in Christian circles that people were talking about it, and even beyond Christian circles. People were paying attention to the testimony of these Christians in Rome, and he expresses gratitude to God for them. Now, this reminds me, his testimony is, I'm really thankful for you guys. You and I need to imitate, we need to emulate the example of the Apostle Paul and let gratitude be a part of our testimony as well. For instance, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18 establishes the biblical principle of gratitude when it says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So that means that you and I need to practice the principle of gratitude in our Christian life. In everything, give thanks. Now, this verse doesn't say give thanks for everything. I'll show you another verse in a minute that says that. But this one says in everything, give thanks. That means when you're in the valley, you still have things for which to thank God. If you're up on the mountaintop, Oh, you got a lot of reasons to thank God. And whatever the need, whatever the burden, whatever heartache that you are experiencing, you should still maintain a spirit of gratitude to God. You say, how can I do that when I'm having so much difficulty? Well, just pause for a moment at the beginning of the day and remember where you were before God came to you, before you received the Savior, and remember where you are now. You were lost, hell-bound. You didn't have a chance for heaven. And Jesus made the difference for you. You received him as Savior. Now then, you are forgiven. You're born again. You're in the family of God, and you're heaven-bound. you got a lot of reason to be excited, dear friend, and to be thankful. There's another verse that I point out here at this point. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20 says, "...giving thanks always for all things unto God." and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, again, every verse needs to be set in its context, every text in its context. And when this one says, giving thanks always for all things unto God, let's remember the Bible says every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So it's the good things and the good gifts that God brings to us that merits our thanksgiving to Him. Whenever some tragic thing happens in your life, that doesn't mean you need to go around just telling everybody how glad you are that you had a car wreck or how glad that you are that some family member has cancer. That's not what that passage is about. It does not mean that you are to just gloat in gratitude over the tragic things that happen in your life. Putting the text in its context, setting it in the environment of the New Testament, makes us know that we have, and we have every reason to be grateful to God. Let me give you another verse in this regard. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17 says, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. So, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yes. January, February, March, yes. All the day, all the week, all the month, all the year, whatever we're into, wherever we're going, whatever is going on in our life, whatsoever you do, whether speaking, that passage says, in word or in deed, we do everything we do in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God. This is a part of the testimony of a Christian. When the Apostle Paul says that he thanks God for those Christians in Rome, let's be clear. 
Gratitude is a Christian and godly thing to do, and it should be a part of my testimony and a part of your testimony. We should express our thanks to God and let it overflow, and when we do, that thanksgiving will also reflect thanksgiving to others. Those little words, thank you, just two little words, thank you, ought to be spoken by me and by you many times a day. When people do little things for us, we ought to just automatically say, thank you. Thank you so very much and express that. Somebody waits on you in a store, you ought to say thank you. Over and over again, gratitude ought to be a part of my testimony. It ought to be a part of your testimony. Look at verse 9 now for an additional part. This is part 5 of the testimony of the Apostle Paul. Verse number 9, he says, For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. Now remember, these statements of testimony of the Apostle Paul, these are a personal note. These are things, not abstract ideas, but these are personal notes that he's giving. And here he says that he is praying for these folks as well. So in addition to saying, I'm a servant of God, in addition to saying, I'm separated under the gospel of God, in addition to saying that I am thankful, in addition to everything that he's saying here, he says, I'm praying as well. So part of my testimony is, yes, I pray. And as we pray, we do so, remember, the game plan laid out in the scripture, we pray to the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, sometimes people will not pray in Jesus' name. They just say amen at the end. Now, I'm not going to say that their prayer is not done in Jesus' name. Maybe that's the intent of it. But I just feel comfortable when I pray, winding it up and saying, because I'm talking to the Father, but I say, I pray in Jesus' name, and that means I'm coming through the Lord Jesus. He's our great high priest. He is our mediator. He is the one who advocates for us in heaven, and the Bible lays all of that out very clearly. So we pray to the Father through the Son. But listen, our prayer doesn't always need to be just about us. Too many of my prayers, I'm afraid, are I, me, and my, when I really should be maybe focusing more on other people around us. Now, I do pray for others. I'm not saying that I do not. I do. I have a small notebook that I've used for many years. These are people that I've put their names in there that I pray for them and pray for them over and over and over again. And then I have right on my desk some little sticky notes where people have asked in the last few days or the last week about some urgent needs. And I keep those right there on the desk so that I look at them several times a day and breathe a prayer on behalf of other folks who have asked for us to pray for them. Now, it just simply means when you and I have our testimony in place like we should have it, that we will pray, and it's okay to pray for our own needs. I was kind of making light of that a minute ago, but you and I can pray for the things that are of special interest to us. When we have needs, we have burdens, we have concerns, we can pray about those things. The disciples said once in Luke chapter 11 and verse 1, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And when we pray, listen, it's all right to just take some time to praise the Lord, to give thanks to Him, to let Him know how much we appreciate the relationship and the fellowship that we have with Him. But then it's okay as well for us to bring 
our petitions to him, our requests, things that are of interest and concern to us. We can take those to the Father. And listen, we never get a busy signal when we dial heaven. We never get put off simply because, well, it's a busy time or it's late in the day. No, none of that. God operates 24-7, and you can count on him to hear and to listen to your prayer when it comes. And if he hears that prayer and it's done right, and it's done in the way that it should be done, not just some selfish gesture on our part, then God loves to answer prayer. Sometimes he wants us to ask and ask again. It may not be the appropriate time for him to give an answer. It may not be the best time. might not be best for us. I'll tell you this much. I honestly believe God answers every prayer on schedule at the right time for what is best for me and for you. He will not withhold himself from those that walk uprightly. The Bible tells us that very clearly. Now, I need to ask you, do you pray? I hope that you do. And when you pray, that you pray real prayers, not just some mumbo jumbo that somebody wrote down for you, or maybe something that you've prayed just out of routine. Some of us, sometimes when we pray, we'll use phrases that we've used many times. The only thing that I suggest that you do, if you use repetitive statements, say it and mean it. Don't just mouth it as something that you memorized and you're just trying to fill the space. Say what you mean, mean what you say when you talk to God, and you're on good ground when you do that. So as a part of our testimony, we should be thankful, and we should be someone who prays. The Apostle Paul illustrates that for us very clearly. Now, your testimony is a reflection of your walk with the Lord, and it's also an influence upon others as you give voice to the good good things of God. You can tell by a person's testimony a lot about them. It'll set you apart from a sin-crazed world, and it will give you an identity that becomes you. So I trust that as we look at Paul's example here, we'll say, I too am going to follow this pattern and let my testimony become a testimony that honors the Lord everywhere I go. Thank you for being along with us today. I do hope that you'll join us again tomorrow. In the meantime, I would love to hear from you. So I hope that you will write a note and send it to me, Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. Our email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. I trust that you'll be along with us tomorrow. We'll look forward to seeing you then. Until that time, have a good rest of the day and goodbye for now.